Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast show. Thank you, Buzzsprout, for distributing my uh, distributing my podcast to the rest of the world. Thank you, uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, for allowing me to have my podcast there. Uh, today, folks, I'm by myself. And it's a Friday evening, and I didn't sleep well the night before. So that's part of the reason why. I, no, actually, it's a Thursday evening, and this is the reason why I'm not really out and about Grand Rapids. Uh, but I want to talk about stuff in life. And I wanted to, to address uh, a subject that's come up in the past in my other uh, podcast episodes with Sean. And it was basically a a Bud Light commercial and a Bud Light uh uh a trans uh transgender um uh, advertisement and uh Bud Light has decided to uh advocate for the transgender community and by doing that they they did uh they advertised in this uh person uh, this person identifies as a woman now, named Dylan Mc McBaney, and and she or he, I believe it's a she. She identifies her as, as herself as a woman, and sh this person uh, is a she's profoundly famous for Broadway. She's profoundly. Uh, a trend, uh, kind of this person that is a spokesperson to a lot of people who are transgenders and ident identifying as the opposite sex as what they were born of. Uh, all these pronouns, they, them, and all this stuff. So you must be wondering, why am I talking about this? And I've said this before, my podcast isn't really just about sports and uh bad jokes with Sean or it's not really just about uh the right wing or the left wing or politics. I'm the type of person that I was born with a disability. I created this podcast so that other people in my in my circle can can have a, a voice themselves. And and people, especially men with a disability, we don't really get to speak out our minds and our thoughts and our feelings because no one really asks us. I mean, again, on the other episodes that I've had, profoundly the, the ones earlier that I'm sure no one's ever listened to, we don't have a voice. Everyone has a voice. Everyone needs to be identified as something or someone. Everyone wants... Uh, Everyone has a group of people that they hang out with as a community. And so I decided to to talk about this particular moment of our life and our social environment of people who are transgenders or who are who are identifying with something that doesn't really make sense. And to someone who's disabled this is really in really just a a curious time in our society. So let's start with me. As most people 
have come to realize that I have a case of a cerebral palsy or stroke, and, and it and it affected my whole left side, and it affected my development, and some form of shape it developed my um, uh, the the way that my brain thinks, the way my brain registers information. Uh, like what I said before, I've always had some form of, of difficulty of learning, uh, learning anything. At times, if it's a really complicated question or math question or or anything that's um, quite detailed, I can lose a lot of uh, information based on just too much information, too confusing. So my so the way that I intake information is becomes very very difficult at times. So people at this time need to be identified as something or someone. In my case, being brought up in a Christian uh, Republican uh, party system environment has kind of been a way of a very amusing amusing thing to realize. And that's that I lived in a bubble. And I, this bubble was just for majority of people who are blonde hair, blue eye, uh, taller Dutch, uh, Christian Reform, um, and, and Christian Reform environment. And as some of you may wonder that I'm stuttering. That's one of the things that I've struggled with having a stroke or cerebral palsy. Uh, sometimes my my language and my voice or uh, uh, pronouncing words is very difficult at times. So if you wonder why I'm stuttering, that's that's the reason right there. So. So here I am. I'm a Latino man. I'm about five four, five five on a good days, and and I have a cerebral palsy or a stroke, and I'm living among these Dutch folks. And to tell you the truth, it was really rough for me some at times. A lot of those people did not. You know, when you're a disabled person, people do not want to or they choose not to surround themselves with people like me. Because people like me will then identify them, them as being stupid as, or being developmentally slow. So my whole identity was trying to be like them. And by them is like being Dutch or being very, very white or some form of identity crisis that I was having. Now, I like the same things that they did. I like rock and roll music. I like alternative rock. I, l I loved listening to hip-hop music when I was in my teens. I mean, that was just really just registered in my brain cells. So now you're kind of asking yourself, what does this have to do with this conversation with transgenders or people who identify as a different sex that they were born into or that they're born as what they were born at, of. And I'm going to tell you, I want to tell you this, my point, my point of view is this. I didn't have a social group. My social group was very small. 
I was not invited to parties. I was not invited to be hanging out with a group of friends that were similar to my personality. I was regarded as some form of a delinquent, uh, some form of a of a person that is kind of spacey, kind of spaced out. So what happened was that I started to identify more as a so-called a hip-hop personality. So because I like hip-hop music when I was younger, I listened to Tupac Shakur, I listened to Notorious B.I.G., I listened to N.W.A. I remember my first real tape deck that I had was N.W.A. And I bought uh, a DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince tape as well to hide from my parents that I had an N.W.A. uh, tape. And... uh, so that is part of my identity at the time when I was 16, 15, 17 years old. And even though I listened to Nirvana and Pearl Jam, I would still identify with with being a hip-hop uh, f- fan base. So when I went to work at Valley City Linen, a linen, uh, a linen factory, a place where they would rent out sheets and towels and all this other stuff to businesses that's where i worked and there was in downtown and it was an urban downtown it was for majority was for poor blacks and poor whites and poor latinos immigrants and everything else that anything that jenison was not jenison was very dutch very white very Republican, very whatever. And when I went down town to work in, in Grand Rapids, it was more culturalized. And then I met my friend, Mr. Mentos. Now I'm going to call him Mr. Mentos because that's the name that he gave himself as a, as a joke. And he gave me the name as Crazy Dre. So this is why it's called Crazy Dre Podcast Show because I'm crazy, right? But I'll get into that a little bit. So here I am. I'm a little Latino kid. My left hand's all wobbly. It doesn't work at all. And I kind of have this wobble. And I'm listening to hip-hop music. And I go downtown. I meet friends who are, who, who are black and white. But majority, I really became friends with Mr. Mentos. And Mr. Mentos, you know, we would go out back to his place eat lunch because he would because we were allowed to take an hour lunch well it really was a half an hour lunch but i always snuck away with him for lunch and we would go back to his place and we would smoke weed and we would have a couple beers well i would only have one beer or or like a half a beer because i was still in high school this is when i was like 16 and i would be uh uh, still riding with kids from my own high school back into Jenison. So here I would smoke weed. I would, during lunch, I would eat with the other people that worked there as well. At times I didn't go to Mr. Mento's house. His girlfriend at the time, they had uh, a, a daughter. And 
So, so that was my environment at that time. So I identify as a so-called, what I would say, a black man. I guess you could say as a black man, even though I was not black, even though I love civil rights movement stuff, and even though I did all my so, so-called social studies of my own personal interest on, on Dr. King and Malcolm X and all this stuff. So that in itself, I could say at that moment that I identify as a black man, even though I was not near anything in any way a black person. I just had one black friend at the time, and then I met other black people around Mr. Mentos, it was Q Diddy. It was a couple other guys, Aquinas. Uh, he was another freestyle hip hop rapper in his 20s. AC Ramsey was there, a kid from Florida. He was profoundly maybe like six, seven years older than all of us. Uh, Could have played football. Uh, he told me he was chasing too many girls. He got a couple girls pregnant, couldn't go to college. But he was a smooth talker, a big athletic wide receiver body type. And then I became friends with him. I didn't really hang out with him because he was a bit too old for me to hang out with. But the thing is, like, the people that I worked for or the people that own a business, we had a cottage next to theirs. And because we had a cottage next to theirs, then I was kind of protected by two different worlds. I was protected by the people that owned it, and then I was also protected by people that worked there, like Mr. Mentos and A.C. Ramsey and all those guys. So even during lunch, I would be running around with A.C., grabbing some chicken and fries. I would be hanging out with a couple other Mexicans, going to a Mexican restaurant or picking up tacos downtown. So my whole environment changed. So my whole lifestyle kind of changed. Even though during the school year, I would go back to Jenison and, and go to school with a bunch of Hudsonville kids. And I would still listen to hip-hop music and a lot of love at Nirvana and Guns N' Roses and so on and so forth. So I had two different worlds. So, so as I got older, after high school, I worked at... Valley City Linen for a year, and I do, and I knew that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life because of the income base that I would need or would want. Okay, now I didn't go to college. I wasn't really smart enough to go to college. Again, I tell you, when you have a some form of dis, uh, of a learning disability, that that everything that you read, everything that you try to learn, doesn't uh, your brain doesn't feed into it and it doesn't grasp onto information that well. So a lot of people say, well, you, you could have tried harder. No, I could have, but it wouldn't really work because my brain didn't work that way. So maybe maybe that's an excuse in itself. So let's go back to this whole identity crisis that we have. And let's talk about this person, Dylan McVally of Vaney, a, a transgender uh a person who is uh, with Bud Light, Bud Light or Anheuser Busch has has put a new face to that per, uh, to that product of 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 alcohol. So you see someone that's 
probably struggled with his whole life as a man. He's not quite cool. He's probably not really athletic. Uh, he didn't have a lot of friends, maybe. Or maybe he did have a lot of friends in the gay community. I don't know. But as a man, he didn't probably didn't have the alpha gene. He didn't have any personality that would attract the opposite sex. So there's no form of shape of in, I- in his mind to present himself to the opposite sex. And then instead of regretting of women not being attracted to him, he then decided subconsciously to identify with women. And he started do, doing plays in, in elementary and junior high and high school and became a, a, a Broadway actor and very successful. And the people that he would hang out with were prob- probably primarily women and other people of the gay community. And now you get someone that is not interested in women, maybe because he was gay, but now he's in a situation where he's not gay, and then he is dressing himself with women and putting makeup on with women and dressing up with women, and now he is subconsciously says, well, Maybe I'm a transgender. Maybe I'm not a man because women don't like me and I'm not straight and maybe he's not gay and maybe he's a type of person that doesn't want nothing to do with men sexually. I don't I can't tell you because I don't know the person. But everything has a form and shape of what's happening. So then I'll go back to me. So this is me. I'm a middle-aged man. I've never had very well long-term relationships with any type of woman. I've had plenty of women that were into me, but they would, uh, it would be like a secretly quiet interest. That's the best way I could say it. They They would like me behind certain situations where it would not be identified as them being attracted to me. It'd be a goofy attractiveness or a goofy scenario. And then when other people of their friends, of their friend groups would come around, they would wipe me onto the side as a friend. That's the majority of my relationships with a lot of women. A lot of women would say, oh, I really don't like you. And that's fine because everyone gets rejected. Everyone does. It doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, or it doesn't matter if you're the best-looking guy in the world or just the ugliest man on the planet. You're going to get rejected by a woman one way or another. So, so this is what would also happen to me. I would be friend in a... I would be put in a friend zone, and then this person—I call her—I'll uh, call, call her uh, Yana. Her name's not really Yana, but it's the best way I'm gonna put it. I'm not gonna put her name out there. So Yana, 
she has me come over and we hang out and she's a neighborhood girl and she's not very attractive and and she's a late bloomer so the older she gets the better that she she, she looks where it's completely opposite sometimes so she is not basically that attractive and then what would happen that she would put me in a friend zone and then when she wanted to break up with her boyfriend or a boy that she was dating she would call me up and say hey come on over or come and meet me somewhere and then I would show up, and then the guy would think that I was her new boyfriend. That's how she would treat my relationship. That's how she would treat my relationship with her. And a lot of times, that's how women treated me in my own relationships. They would see me as a pawn, as like a pawn piece, like on a chessboard, a a pawn piece. And they would use my kindness or use my uh, vulnerability because I was so into them or into her into a situation that would they that they would make themselves look like they're the great ones or I would look like I was being foolish or dumb or stupid oh how could you like me I'm too pretty for you Can, it became that moment and it happened a lot well at least it happened at least three times with three different girls my age Oh, I really like you. Or they give me that good. good. There's some things that that girls do that kind of give you a feedback. The way that they look at you, they stare you down a little bit. They kind of play with their hair. They lean in. Those type of stuff. That's how how you kind of know if a girl likes you. She kind of leans in and she kind of touches your leg. And she kind of flirts with you and she twinkles her eyes at you. That kind of, that did happen. But what would happen is that in re- in reality, they really didn't want to be with me because I was not a, a, an accomplished man. I was not a man that they could identify as a as a person that their parents or their friends or the community would be proud of. So that would be a situation that I would be in a problem with. I'd be into a girl, and then she'd give me all the good vibes. And then nothing would really happen. And then I'd be in a kind of, I would be in the kind of a situation in the middle or in the pickle where people would either think that I was being a creep or people would really think that I was just being disturbed or people just think I was just being weird. It was never the fact that it was their fault for leading me on and not giving me no action. And that's the best way to put it. So now you have to understand, uh, now we're going to go back to these two different people. We got Leah Thomas, a swimmer. And when she was born, or when he was born at one point, his name was William Thomas. And William Thomas is a guy that used to swim for Pennsylvania University. Uh, He ranked like 465, 470, 87 in the men's swimming mile or 400 meters or whatever and then he became a transgender now mr or miss leah thomas became the most successful transgender swimmer or the most successful women swimmer 
But let's really think about this. This kid, this William Thomas guy, he stinks at swimming against other men. His identity has been crushed. His masculinity has been crushed. Him as a masculine man doesn't exist. There are other, there are like 486 other more macho men than he is. And now he feels defeated. And now he says to himself, well, I've always liked hanging out with the girls. I know girls really don't want to have sex with me. I don't know. I'm just making this up. I'm going through my brain. I'm trying to figure this out myself. Where does this guy turn into Leah Thomas? Where does the brain go from male to female or identity crisis? How does that happen? So when I'm putting all these little scenarios, it's not based on facts. It's based on something that it needs to be addressed. How does someone get to be being a, 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 a man into a woman or a woman into a man? How does that subconscious or the conscious mind takes you from one point to point B? So, so this Leah Thomas or Mr. William Thomas or Miss Leah Thomas is an awful male swimmer and Thomas can't get laid. Let's just say he can't get laid. Let's just say that let's just say that he is not able to girls kind of look at him and say, "You know, you're a nice guy, I'm not really into you. You're kind of soft or you just don't have that that genetic gene of being a masculine uh alpha male." Okay? Let's just say that's really what's happening. So, in his head, he says, well, all these women keep all these women keep disrespecting me. And all these women keep rejecting me. And then instead of becoming a serial rapist or serial killer because he's being rejected by women, he's like, I'll switch to a different team. I'll be part of the women league. I am a woman because they identify me as a woman. I identify as myself as one of them. That's my only scenario that I can think of for Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas, at one point of his or her life, came to the conclusion that he was not a man because he can't be other men, and he could identify with other women, and women weren't attracted to him. So the best thing to do is, hey, I'm going to join the team. I'm going to join the women's team. I'm going to join the league that women are going to accept me for who I am or those close friends that he has who are women are going to accept me for who I am and I'm going to swim on the women's Olympics team. And he beats everybody. Or she beats everybody. But the real problem that we have is this this, this, this identity crisis with everybody. This isn't just about transgenders. This isn't just about the LBJTQ community. This isn't just about people who are living the alternative lifestyles. This is about everybody. What I'm trying to say is this. America and the world, for the last 100 years, 150 years, we went through a lot of more, like we went through a lot of wars. The Persian Gulf War, the Afghanistan War, the Pakistan War, the the Vietnam War, World War Two, World War One, 
all these wars. And then the French had their own civil war and and Russia and Ukraine are having another war, a thousand year war from a thousand years ago. Now they're doing the same thing. But the point is this. What does war have to do with us? Well, we are eliminating those genetic gene symptoms of being masculine. So what I'm saying is this. We no longer have to hunt and fish. We no longer have to gather wood. We never have to gather water and make it fresh and boil it. We never have to protect our children the way that we used to 800 years ago. We no longer have to want to keep our genetic gene. Keep We, keep, we no longer have this process of of keeping our genetic gene going because no one's having sex no more and no one's going to war no more. So no one's hunting and no one's fishing. So all these men are no longer in touch with the masculine side. And it's funny when I say this because because 50 years ago, women would complain about men not being in touch with the feminine side. And now you have all these people all these men who are externally in touch with the feminine side and they cannot fathom their masculine side. It is just obscene and abnormal. It's just not it's just not normal for them to feel masculated. Now, I will say this. I do think in our society we made things way too easy for everybody. Now, I can't tell you if this would fix the problem if we go all hunting and fishing and we all uh and we all gutted our own food so we take out the stomach and we take out the ribs and we take out the meat and then process our own food, our own deer, our own buffalo, our own cows. We don't have to do that. We have we have companies that do that so when you go hunting and fishing all you really have to do is gut out some parts of the of the guts but you drive to yourself into a, a a a meat place and have them process your meat but that's part of being a man is being able to do that and when you get in touch of that side then you feel more emasculated. You feel there's a purpose because now you've just killed something to eat. You've just killed something to feed your family. You just killed something to make yourself more important to your significant other, your wife, or your girlfriend, or the girl that you're trying to impress. We no longer have to do that. Everything is given to us. Now, I'm not going to tell you that that this would f- f- fix all the problems with all with people who are transgenders or the LGBTQ community, but I can tell you that I would bet my money that if you give someone a purpose in life, then they'll have a purpose to be, be who they really are. So, 
in some ways, there are probably plenty of men out there who very feel like very emasculated, but they are not allowed to express that way because they've been taught to be to express be more feminine, to be more in touch with their girly side. And so by doing that, they're like, well, I guess I'm not going hunting and fishing anytime soon because because there's no need for me to do that. So I'm going to turn myself into a person that I'm not really. And they do it subconsciously. They don't, this doesn't happen overnight. This isn't just something that just like, oh, I give up. I don't like being a man. This is just too hard. Forget about it. I'm going to be, I'm going to turn into a woman. It doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. And a lot of times people don't understand that. So, so do I think that Miss Dylan McVanny or Mr. Dylan McVanny or Miss Leah Thomas or Mr. William Thomas, do I really get mad at them for being transgenders? No, I have no reason to get mad at them for that because I don't know their life story. But there's a identity crisis that we are having with our society. And this is a good example of it. People should really realize that there are straight men out there that have identity crisis too. And when you, you know who they pretend to be like? Elvis Presley. So, so I'm not going to bash the LBJQ community or the transgender community. We have a serious identity crisis problem. And I'll use Elvis Presley as a good example for the straight community. There are over 3,900 men out there and women out there who identify as being a personator of Elvis Presley. And people who go see shows in Vegas of people pretending to be Elvis don't really have a problem with that. Think about that. You have 85-year-old women, and I just saw this on TikTok. This guy dressed up as Fat Elvis, and he put the wig on, and he had the jumpsuit on, and it was a blue jumpsuit with yellow lights or whatever that stuff is, and you threw an outfit on a guy, and you, you probably grew his sideburns out to look like Elvis, more like Fat Elvis, like 1975, 74 Elvis. So... So you have this 85-year-old lady, and it's her birthday, and she loves Elvis. And you see this guy, and he's probably in his 40s, who sounds like Elvis, or someone like Elvis. He goes over to their house and sings songs to this 85-year-old lady, because she loves Elvis. And some people think, oh, that's, that's no big deal. That's kind of cute and adorable. Well, it is cute and adorable, but you, you know what's more weird? is that you have a 45-year-old man or a 35-year-old man dressing up to be someone that he's not. So this identity transition, uh, identity, uh, uh, a people, gender identity thing going on, this, does, this didn't just start happening in 2018 or 2015. This started happening in 1977 or 76 or 75 at the time where Elvis was turning into a, f a fat person and obese 
and then and then one day he died and then one day everybody started to pretend to be like Elvis. So this isn't this isn't strictly against the LBGTQ community. This is a very situation that we have. We have a problem where we have a lot of men, a lot of women that don't feel like they fit in any place. And when they don't feel like they fit in any place, they'll attach themselves to something that they become obsessed with. So people who become obsessed with Elvis will subconsciously start talking like Elvis. And then they're going to start thinking like they're Elvis. So they're going to start thinking, okay, all right, subconsciously, I must be somewhat like a super Elvis fan. And I must be in a situation where, 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 hey, man, I can, I think I sound like Elvis, and I think I can sing like Elvis. And then one day they, they grow their hair out, and one day they grow all their sideburns out, but their hair isn't like Elvis. So then they buy a wig, and they're like, oh, man, I really do look like Elvis. And then they're, they're all their friends that know that all all this person's friends kind of says, hey, man, you sound like Elvis a little bit. And he's like, really? I think I'm going to try to look like Elvis. And then, for, and then one day for Halloween, he dresses up like Elvis. And then he starts singing songs that Elvis Presley sang. And then that day on, he takes on a new identity. He's now in an Elvis Presley personator. So now you have people in the 80s and the 70s, their whole life was basically a lie because they would go to work 9 to 5 or 3 to 11 or, or 10 to 6 or a factory job or whatever. And then they would go home and dress up and, and put their costume on and and they'd go do shows on the weekend or karaoke night on Friday or Wednesday nights. And then they'd start singing Elvis Presley songs or Tina Turner songs or whoever they want to be, uh, who, whoever they inspired, Freddie Mercury or, or Elton John. Oh, I sound like Elton John. I'm going to put this wig on. I'm going to act like a goofball like Elton John did in the 70s and the 80s. Oh, I sound like Freddie Mercury of of Queen. I'm going to sound like them. I'm going to sound like him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like those guys. So this whole thing, this whole stuff is been going on forever. This, is, this, this isn't just happening in the last five years. There's, you can't blame the pandemic for this. I've seen it where people say, oh, this is all because of the pandemic and people can't find themselves to be who they really are and they're always by themselves yeah a lot of weird people who don't have friends will start doing weird stuff by themselves and then they'll start to identify with something that is not normal or do something that's not normal there are plenty of people that don't have a girlfriend that just sit around the house and watch porn all day long all day long when they get out of work they watch porn they just thinks the best thing ever and then one day they go up to a girl and they have no perception of what women re- really are like. So he says something stupid that a porn star said to a girl on a video. And then he gets slapped in the face. 
So everything's an illusion. Like Guns N' Roses album, you illusion one, you illusion two. Nothing's really real. And it's so weird to say that. But there's one thing that's happening right now that, that no one's really talking about. And I've said this a thousand times. I'm going to say a thousand more times. You make it way too difficult for men and women to interact with each other. You really do. You make it way too difficult. Everything's a game. Oh, what is she doing? What is she thinking? Oh, does she really like me? Or is she just pretending to like me? And then she does the same thing to the guy. Does he really like me? Why is he not texting me? Oh, he's texting me too much. Oh, she's texting me too much. What's this feeling I get inside? My stomach turns every time I see her. Is that a good feeling? Oh, is that a bad feeling? Oh, but I i don't know anything about having relationships because I've never been in a relationship. So how how are they going to know? Right? So I think I'm going to end it right there, right, folks? I mean, do I think it's weird and funny a little bit that Bud Light has put a, a transgender person on their on their on their beer cans so that that transgender community will drink alcohol drink their alcohol drink their Bud Light yeah i think that's kind of i think that's weird i think it's kind of low of Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch to advocate alcoholism to a bunch of people who can't figure out who and what they are oh i don't know what i am today i'm going to be straight tomorrow i'm gay Tomorrow, the, the next day, I'm bisexual. The next day, I'm nothing. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Ten years later, oh, I was straight the whole time. I just kind of went with a flow with everybody. So it's, it's amazing. It's amazing, how, it's amazing how we are in a situation where, where we're in a where beer and Heisenbusch is taking advantage of people who are having a mental breakdown. Because, because this one person, Dylan Mc, McVaney, she's the only person that's successful that's making a lot of money for Bud Light. Well, there's a million other people out in the world who are not comfortable with their bodies or their sexualities or their identities. And now they think that, oh, man. If she's drinking Bud Light, I've got to drink Bud Light. So that's the that's the that's where I'm gonna leave it at right there. I'm gonna leave it right there. I'm just gonna keep it like that. Look, folks, it's okay to be different. It's okay to not be mask totally masculated. It's to, totally okay to not be feminine, and it's totally okay if you are masculine, or if you are feminine, or you are some form of an alpha male and it's okay if you're a very confident female and it's okay to be nothing too if you don't want to be anything you don't have to be do nothing and it's really okay it's just okay to be nothing sometimes being nothing is the best thing ever because you don't have to answer to anybody's issues Think about this. Maybe I'm not going to end it here. Think about this. 
if I were to listen to everybody give me my opinion of who I am, I would have, I would have been gay, I would have been bisexual, I would have been uh, a delinquent, I would have been a series of, I, I would have been a creep, I would have been a very disturbing personality, I could have been, if they told me I was the sexiest man in the world, I could be that too. If they told me that all these ladies love me, if I listened to everybody's point, if I listened to everyone's opinion of me, I would be everything. It's not possible to be everything. I cannot be everything. I can only be what my body can tell me what I can and cannot do. Do I wish I was a baseball player? Do I wish I was able to hit a 95-hour fastball? Do I wish that I could sing? Do I wish I could play the guitar? I can't play the guitar. I got a bad left hand. Like my, my fingers don't work. But I'm not going to pretend to be Elvis Presley. I'm not going to pretend to be Jimi Hendrix. I'm not going to pretend to be Sh- Tupac Shakur. I'm not, I can't pretend to be Kurt Cobain. I know a friend of mine that looks and acts just like Kurt Cobain. And when he died, he was eight years old, and he now he doesn't have a job. He's basically homeless. He lives somewhere in the boonies of Barnes Center, and he loves the fact that he is kind of homeless. And he's living like the way that Kurt Cobain would have lived like if he didn't become famous. So think about that. If you truly are going to listen to everyone's opinion, then I should be the most weird, strangest man in the whole world. But I'm not. I'm just an average person. I'm not married. I can't be mad for not being married. I can't be mad for not having a woman that likes me because a lot of girls are not naturally attracted to men who are who are physically uh, uh, disabled. But I'm not going to change myself into a woman because of that. Or I can't change myself to look like Elvis Presley to make me more attractive. I mean, I can put a wig on and grow my sideburns and start talking like him. Well, thank you very much. Uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for listening to my podcast. Uh, can I make love to you? I can't do that. It's not normal. I just, that'd be, that's not normal. So I wish people, I mean, look, I wish people would just be okay of being who they are. And I don't know why people who are not. Like, I'm probably going to die alone. I'm probably going to not have that love of my life, my soulmate with me. Because I already met my soulmate. I already know who she is. But it just didn't line up. The situation, the relationship just didn't line up. But I'm not going to hold grudges against her or other women. I can't. Because if I do, then I'd be the biggest jerk in the world to every girl that I meet. So, look, folks. I I I think people really do have problems with their identity. I think we really have identity crisis problem. I think that part of the problem that we really do have is that we just don't do the things to survive that we, that we need to survive. 
We don't hunt. We don't fish. We don't gather wood. We don't. We don't sweat for our dollars anymore. We we don't raise our own kids anymore. We're not proud to be a man. We're not proud to be a woman. It's always a shame thing for us. If you're a woman, you should be ashamed of your sexuality, because women are not supposed to be sexual beings because they're supposed to be only nurturing women with babies popping out of their uterus. And for a man, you're supposed to be a super macho, emasculated, alpha personality, and you're never supposed to be in touch with your feminine side, and you're not supposed to raise your children and soft. You're supposed to be a tough at, tough SOB, but that doesn't exist either. So, I'm going to end it this way. Be yourself. Stay away from me. You can't be yourself. You can't be me. Just walk away. Pantera. Walk. It's the greatest song. It's a great, one of the greatest metal songs out there. Get away from me. Stay, stay away. Be yourself by yourself. Stay away from me. Pantera. It's the best way I can say it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I know I, I went a little bit everywhere. I know that this isn't about sports today, but again, this is really about a podcast for everyone that li- that that isn't that isn't an able-bodied person. This is really for people, especially men who are disabled, who don't have a voice. And I guess I'm going to be your voice. I know life kind of stinks when you're not the man of the hour or the man of the week or you get rejected by women left and right. I've been there a billion times and still counting. So, yeah, I'm out there too. So be yourself, have fun, enjoy life. Life isn't so tough. Just roll with it. Listen to music, have fun, do something for yourself. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're gonna get lucky someday. So thank you, Buzzsprout, for distributing my podcast. Uh, you can find me on Spotify. You can find me on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on other podcast uh, platforms that Buzzsprout has allowed me to to uh, uh, to have a podcast through. That made no sense. Like right there, that made no sense. So the Crazy Dre podcast show, this episode's going to come out. I think I'm going to let it come out Monday of the following week on the weekday. Peace, love. Take care of yourself.